Welcome to the third episode of the Replenish Me Show on the Life Coach Radio Network. I'm your hostess this evening, Cordelia Gaffar. I'm the founder of Workout Around My Day, and I'm an author, an international speaker, and I help women to have a body-soul shift so that they can nourish themselves with wholesome food, energize their bodies with movement, and make a full connection with their emotions so that they can really do what makes their heart sing. In alignment with that, I started this podcast over a year ago so that I could interview other women and sometimes men who have similar strategies and messages for their tribe. And today I want to introduce you to a wonderful young woman named Kulsum Kazim, and she's a high-performance coach, motivational speaker, and a recently published author, and she helps women to become the best versions of themselves through having a clear vision. So what we chose for our topic tonight is the importance of vision, and I want to tell you just a little bit about her book before I introduce her. Um, she... She wrote this book, which is a personal development book for women to help themselves to focus on their relationship with Allah, their vision, um, relationships with other people, and self-care and confidence. It's a comprehensive book with personal insights, exercises, reflective questions, and quotes. And I want to just welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And mashallah, like the work you're doing is absolutely amazing. So um, you'll always be in my prayers. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, I want to just dive right in and understand sure. what is it that inspired you to, um, <clears throat> to first and foremost, do what you do? Like what happened for you in your life that, you know, you kind of had that light bulb moment and said, you know, other women need this too. Yeah. You know, I think the work that we do in the world, Cordelia, is a lot to do with our personal characteristics and personal nature, along with the experiences that we have. So as a person, I've always been someone who's overly empathetic, uh, meaning I'm able to resonate with people's struggles and problems right away. That's always been me since I was young, now that I'm older. And so I think, you know, taking my personal characteristic and then my personal experiences of, you know, I've gone through a divorce at a young age. I recently had a miscarriage, um, you know, and a lot of other like struggles in between that you have like self-confidence and self-esteem issues and depression. And then you see other women going through the same thing. And you're like, look, you, I was able to navigate through that. So there's no reason why I can't use my skills, my personal uh, characteristics and help other women really be the best versions of themselves. So I think it was just, you know, reflecting on my experiences that brought me to a point where I want to help other people, inshallah. Yeah, mashallah. That's beautiful. I can absolutely relate to that because um, when I was younger, you know, mm-hmm. and I had just gotten married and... Um, I was struggling with miscarriages, like consecutive ones. And I saw other women, you know, like 
they would they would have been these vibrant, beautiful women, and then all of a sudden shut down. And I'm like, what happened? You know, and it's really, really hush hush. I don't know why we still think that uh, miscarriage is such a failure or whatever. And um, when when I found that that was the source of their shutdown, I was like, well, I've had two. And they yeah. were in complete disbelief, but then it made, you know, like what you were saying, you know, but just by letting them know you're not alone, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So bring me forward into, um, you have a lot of different things that you're focusing on, but we're just <laughs> for the sake of time, you know, inshallah, yeah. we're just going to talk about the importance of vision. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so I think having a vision is one of the most important things. For example, without a vision, you're not. So I feel like everyone, you know, we spoke about having dreams because really having a vision is dreaming. And I find that a lot of people, uh, there's a stigma around, oh, you shouldn't dream much and you shouldn't um, have big goals. You should just kind of, you know, a lot of people uh, are really weak in the way they think. I don't know, really know how to put it. So I think that having a vision is about dreaming. It's about setting goals and then working backwards to accomplish those goals, right? So thinking about where do you see yourself in the next year? Where do you see yourself in six months? Where do you see yourself in five years? And then once you have that vision, it brings you to the right people. You're able to uh, even ask you know, God for the right things. You're able to meet the right kind of um, people to help you along the way to achieve those goals. So I think having a vision really helps you navigate through life. Without it, I find that it, we're kind of meaningless. It's meaningless. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and definitely you're right because when you're connected to your dreams through vision, mm-hmm. you're pulling towards you exactly what you want and what yeah. you need to get there. So yeah. I love that. So what what is that process of... Um, of uh working backwards from the ultimate goal so once you for example with a lot of my clients and even myself a simple question you know that my coach did with me was where do you see yourself in a year if i was to get on a call with let's say you cordelia what would you tell me on that call a year from today so if you tell me that you know in a year i want to tell you i have written a book I have saved up to go on a really nice trip to maybe Maldives. I have given $5,000 to charity. That's your vision, right? And then what happens is, you know, accomplishing your vision is part strategy and part deep emotional work. So we can set the strategies and say, okay, this is what you need to do to make money. This is what you need to do to write a book. We come up with the steps. Uh, But then in that, you have a lot of personal barriers that come in between. You could have mind blocks, uh, mental blocks, you know, belief system around money, uh, a lot of limiting beliefs come up. And so once you're able to go deeper, work through those, clear up your mind, and then you're able to do the strategies, you're able to work towards your vision. So do you see what I mean by like working backwards? Right. I totally get that. So, okay. yeah. so since you work only with Muslims, then mm-hmm. the, right? The money, yeah. a lot of us kind of feel like that is not halal to have enough money, right? So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you bring um, evidence straight out of 
the Quran and Hadith where clearly it's quite all right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. You know, um, I think what you said was so correct because a lot of people, I think it's a cultural thing or I don't know if it's uh, like a worldly thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we live in this mindset of scarcity mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't even think it's a religious thing. I just think it's that we are not able to have money and be happy. Money is almost seen as evil. And that's not the case. Like you said, you know, a lot of the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, um, peace be upon him, were they had a lot of wealth. Like his closest companion, Abu Bakr, he had a lot of wealth. Yes. You know, one of his other companions, Uthman, he had a lot of wealth. But it was the way that they used the wealth. His own wife, Khatija, you know, like being a woman, I think using examples of women is very empowering. She was one of the best entrepreneurs. But it was the way that she balanced making her money, doing her business along with her family and how she used that money that wasn't evil. So yes, I mean, a lot of people have money and they do use it for evil, but it's about how you use the money, right? And, and I guess before that, the intention, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> um, which I guess is related to the vision because you have yeah. a certain vision, right? You want to, you know, save up for Hajj or you want to, you know, support the economy and Maldives yeah. by, you know, buying a, a resort there or build a resort there or something like this. So your intention is, yes, you're going to benefit from having that property there, but you're also helping the economy of, you know, um, a Muslim country. I guess it's mostly Muslim country. And, um, and you can reap the benefits from that. So just, I guess, in that case, understanding that um, you really are doing a charity for you know a whole economy and that that's a lot of um that's a lot of hasanat coming back isn't it yeah because i think as a community now cordelia we have to move forward together right this division i think it's we've had enough of the division so we really have to come together and one way to come together is to make money and benefit each other build schools for for you know women um, build schools for children, help the orphans, help the women in um, countries where they're not able to get the help, right? So that stuff can only come through money and good intentions. So if we say that, you know, money is totally evil, then, you know, we're not really going to be able to move forward. Right. Yes. Yeah. SubhanAllah. So SubhanAllah. in this uh, book that you've put together, I guess you kind of covered your personal insights a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about the exercises? Yeah. yeah. So with regards to vision, there's a very exciting, so, you know, vision, um, we always think of vision as like an eyesight type thing, right? Like you're looking with your eyes and I feel that that's good because for people who are visual like me, you need to look at what you are dreaming about, what it is that you want. So one of the exercises is creating a vision board, right? So kind of cutting up pictures of, um, you know, where you see yourself. If there's a vacation you want to go to, cut up pictures and put that on the board. If there is some items that you want, put that there. If you want to build an orphanage, put that there. And the whole point is that you have this vision now, uh, which is very visual. You have it up and you're able to keep seeing it. And inshallah, through the right du'as and the right work that you do, you'll be able to achieve that. 
So that was one of the exercises, especially for vision. Um, and with the other ones, I guess people just have to get the book to see what all the other exercises are. We are not giving all the details. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but if you want a new spin on how to do a vision board, you know, for sure you need to get this book, which released yeah, sure. October 20th, inshallah, which is, you know, just next week. So yeah. the link for the book is uh, in the description of this podcast. So please get that. Um, I just want to share. So there, um, I, I just recently got back from a retreat and one of the people there had uh, created this vision board for himself. And um, he was saying that he recognized all the bling and things that he thought that he wanted. And yeah. that's not where it was because what seemed authentic to him yeah. was um, just the feeling yeah. of, of uh, achieving the goals. So I feel like when I'm listening to you and you're talking about vision, you're more focused, you know, because I don't want people to get the idea that, oh, it's just another vision board thing. And yeah, we're going to put our Mercedes Benz or our Porsche and whatever. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, you know, it's more in line with um, the heart, right? The feeling of what it would be to, to achieve that vision of you, this version of you in a year or five years. Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, of course, vision, like having a vision board and having a vision, it does come with some sort of like, you know, not necessarily materialistic things, but things that you want, but it all goes back down to strategies. I don't think, and this is me personally, you know, people can disagree. I don't think that we could have a successful life without proper strategies. And so just having, you know, a lot of people come up to me and they say, you know, I'm not motivated and I, I, I just don't know how to achieve this. So having a vision or a vision board is just a simple way for you to put the strategies into place so that you can achieve those things. And like you mentioned, to have that sense of achievement, because when you have that sense of achievement and accomplishment, um, it's a good thing. And I think as Muslims, we, we should be aligned with that feeling. Yeah. One, 100%. And, um, it really matters. So one more thing, um, I guess a couple more things. <laughs> no worries. Um, the reflective questions and quotes. So are we, um, is it like a self survey or, um, just kind of, um, yeah, just give me an idea and the quotes, I guess they would be hadith, right? Yeah. So no, so I do include so the whole point of the book is to include personal insights from my life and the life of like my clients and just people I've met along the way. Um, and the quotes are simply, so they're, you know, with the, within the personal insights in the chapters, there are a lot of Quranic verses and uh, hadiths and things like that in reference um, to Quran and Sunnah and Allah. But the quotes are more like motivational like if you check out my Instagram page or my Facebook page, even you'll see, I just do a lot of random quotes, you know, yeah. random words put together that really inspire people. So that's where the quotes come from. 
Uh, with regard to the reflective question, I'm very, very big on being in tune with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way to be in tune with yourself is if you just really sit with yourself and reflect. So exactly. I have questions at the end of each chapter where, uh, you know, women are able to sit and really ponder upon those questions. Like if the chapter is related to Allah, then the questions are related to how they can strengthen the relationship with Allah. And obviously as a coach, we're always forward thinking. So it's giving them things to think about to move forward in their life. So that's where the reflective questions kind of come in. Right. That makes sense. I hope that makes sense. No, it's absolutely clear. So yeah, I just wanted to, to, um, to ask that. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, the, the benefit of this is, you know, oftentimes, and I think this is a cultural thing too, we think that you have to reach a certain age in order to impart wisdom. Yeah. And that's the thing I love about you because like for myself, you know, even though like on a one-to-one basis, I would reach out to women, I would have never um, even thought of trying to be, um, you know, like a motivational speaker and an awesome things I was back then, you know, I don't have time, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. And so it's just motivational seeing someone, you know, so young and inspired and actually going for it. So you like yourself, you know, mashallah is like, um, you must really, uh, help a lot of other young women do, I mean are you seeing that in your local community yeah you know um, that's what I was saying I think it's this the work that you do is partly your personal your nature your characteristics that come in your personal traits mm-hmm. along with the things that you are passionate about so I've always been someone again who's very empathetic mm-hmm. um, I'm very high on empathy so I think I have actually have to tone it down a little bit mm-hmm. but alhamdulillah you know it's serving me good um, so I'm always able to understand other people's problems and listen to them, create that listening space. And so naturally, I think I was inclined towards this field. If I wasn't doing coaching, I would probably be doing social work or counseling because I think as an ummah, as women, we have to help each other. And so absolutely, I find myself always in situations uh, in the community or you know even abroad now where I'm just lending an ear to sisters i don't even know them but i'm listening to them or i'm becoming friends with people all over the world now so i don't know i I guess it's just the work that you do naturally puts you with the right crowd yeah mashallah and it's and it's such a blessing you know it is realize that and to to be able to step into that so yeah for sure can you just share uh I guess the three main takeaways that um, you would like us to have from this conversation. Sure. So okay, let me think about this. So the first one aligned with vision, I would say that have a vision, right? Dream because dreaming, you know, there's that quote, I don't exactly know how it goes, but when you dream, you do. So, you know, have dreams, set visions, think about where you see, because life is so short. You know, I've had so many people pass away just this last year and any one of us can pass away. So think about what you want to do. What type of life do you want before you die? 
think about that, reflect on that. That would be my first takeaway. The second takeaway would be, you know, about the whole, because uh, I know that you're really into this emotional intelligence and being in tune with yourself as well. So I think the second takeaway is really get to know yourself, learn about your emotions, learn about what you want, learn about your passions, because the more you get to know yourself, the more you'll be able to do the right things, whether it's, you know, business related, personal related uh, even communication within your relationships, all that comes from getting to know yourself. And the third thing is, you know, you mentioned you would never have imagined me doing this stuff. Uh, and that's, and you're right, I wouldn't have ever imagined myself doing this kind of stuff either. But I think that the third takeaway would be everyone is blessed with certain skills, right, Cordelia? Yeah. And we have to really think about. What skills do we have that we can benefit the Ummah with? It's not about being arrogant and it's not about, um, you know, like boasting about it. You have to be humble and you have to renew your intentions, but it's about owning your skills and just becoming very good at it and putting that out to the world to benefit. So I would say everyone should think about what they're good at so that they're able to benefit the Ummah at large. And I... I like that last one in particular. I want to like talk about that. Let's talk about that because I um, was recently at, yeah, I was with some relatives and, you know, they were asking me, oh, so what do you do? Oh, you don't work anymore, right? You know, because like years ago I was, you know, uh, an accountant and, um, you know, worked in corporate, but I haven't had a quote unquote job for years. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I said, well, you know, actually I do have a job and I travel quite often for that. And they're like, yeah, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And so when I explain, you know, I'm a holistic life coach and I help women to have a body soul shift. They're like, wow, I could really use that. What does that look like? And so then I got into it and this one woman, she goes, you know, that's not like a traditional Muslim career path, is it? Oh my God. So that's why I was saying, let's talk about that for a minute, because I'm like, well, why isn't it? Because aren't we supposed to share our gifts that we're blessed with, with the world? So that's our tradition. Yeah. Actually. (laughs) But you know, like, I understand what she was saying, because sadly, there is a stigma around a lot of the cultures of, you know, having corporate jobs. And I'm not talking about business, but the typical jobs, you know, if you're a doctor, you're an engineer, you're, you have a nine to five job or something that the society understands, then you have a job. And I think that coaching and all these things, even counseling, Mm -hmm. you know, psychotherapy, all this stuff is fairly new to people. And so for the longest time, even people who are doing counseling, they were asked the same questions. Of, what is it that you do? <laughs> oh, that's not really traditional because we, you know, I think now we've started to come out of this, but there is a stigma around all of this. If you're not an engineer or a doctor, then what are you? It's kind of the attitude that people have, which yeah, it's very sad because not everyone's meant to be a doctor or engineer. So. Exactly. And, you know, I, I would even say we need to dive more into these non-traditional paths because let's face it the things that are killing us 
our traditional career people are, cannot help us with. We're dying from cancers, different types of cancers. And, you know, our youth are actually killing themselves. So there's quite a bit of suicide and not necessarily mm-hmm. all youth. There's even older people, you know, who yeah. are suffering from. And so without us embracing um, these, you know, reading books like yours and, you know, mm-hmm. working with coaches, you know, like me and you, mm-hmm. we're not really benefiting our Uma at all, are we? No, we're not. You know, we we have to get out of this pointing finger attitude and just be more supportive. So if you do see someone doing something that's not quote, quote, traditional, um, rather than making a deal out of it, just support them, encourage them. Because then our young youth, our generation will see that it's okay to follow your dreams and follow your passions and do something non-conventional. And I think that when we do that, like you mentioned, is when we're going to really benefit the ummah. And, you know, benefiting the ummah is all about serving people. And when we serve people, I personally deeply believe that when we're serving people, we're in that mindset all together, not just a couple of us, is when the suicide rates are going to go down, the depression rates are going to go down, maybe even divorce rates going down. Uh, But right now we're not moving together as an ummah at all. You know, we're all about pointing fingers. So. Right. And, and yeah. bling, to be honest, right? We're, yeah. Um, and, you know, and actually, you know, you, you just made me think. I'm listening to you. And, and like, the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? Because yeah. he could have given up. Because it's not exactly like he had, like, a cheering squad. His family was totally naysaying him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I think. That's important because we're always going to have, you know, one of the important chapters in my book talks about pleasing society. Mm. And I think that when we try to become people pleasers, it's, it's very hard because you can never please everyone. So we really have to like align ourselves with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's pleasing him. As long as you're pleasing him and then you're following, you know, you have good intentions and you're doing things for the betterment of society we'll be able to, you know, work through things. And so it doesn't matter if you're family supportive, if the world agrees or they don't agree. Because like you said, the prophet didn't have, you know, support from his family necessarily. But he had support from the right people. Exactly. Yeah. So we shouldn't try to get everyone to be happy with us because most likely they're not going to be. Right. You only need that that the five people closest to you, right? Yeah. Adija and Abu Bakr and yeah. Ali and you know so when you think about like at the very very beginning of our deen mm-hmm. that is the example of how to create your vision and your dream and go for um, uh, realizing and stepping into the um, gift that you were blessed with right yeah so, exactly yeah mashallah mm-hmm. so I, I really appreciate you, you know, coming on um, today. And oh, thank you. Uh, this has been great, even though we had lots of tech- technical difficulties. <laughs> the world doesn't even know, but yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. No, but honestly, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having this platform where people like me and yourself and other people are able to have conversations about things that really matter 
you know, and I just hope that the people who are listening are able to share this with other people so that other people can benefit as well. You know, I, I think we really have to start listening to each other and just supporting each other. So thank you so much for having me and, you know, motivating me to share my thoughts. I really appreciate it. Yes. Allah well, bless the work that you do. Amen. So I just want for our listeners to understand that this show has been recorded. This is not a live edition of the Replenish Me show today um, due to the technical difficulties that we had. And therefore uh, you will not be hearing the, um, the normal commercial breaks. Um, And I just wanted to put that disclaimer there. Also, I invite you to go to uh, the website that is with this podcast um, to, to get her book when it releases on October 20th. And um, again, I thank everyone for being here and for listening. Um, again, my name is Cordelia Gaffar, and I help women to have a body soul shift. And part of that is um, through connecting with your body and understanding where your emotions live there, you can actually release, use your emotions as a power source and then release it and calm your chaos. So I want to invite you to to join my Calm the Chaos group um, as the next challenge starts on October 22nd. And um, thank you for tuning in and have an amazing evening.